welcome to Los Libertinos Podcast. I am your host, Carlos Abelard, and this is Chingazos and Fire, episode 47. Our guest today is Brian, the birth guy, Salmon. He's, yeah. uh, he, he, uh, he's a doula, certified life coach, uh, certified lact uh, lactation coach. He's an international author <laughs> where his book, uh, The Go-To Guide for New Dads, has been published in several languages. He's an entrepreneur. Uh, owner of Baby Vision Ultrasound, uh, creator of the Rocking Dads Childbirth Classes. Most importantly, he's a dad to uh, two girls, and he's a dear friend to Vanessa and I. And uh, welcome, uh, welcome, Brian, to Los Libertinos. Uh, thank you for coming on. Dude, it's good to be here, but I'm laughing because you shifted my pronoun to she once. But that's okay. I don't go by that. Oh. I don't go by My pronoun is... Did I? Is him fish. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm transphibian a little bit. Oh, there you go. I like that, man. So, <laughs> so what's up? Just chilling, man. It's pretty so, good. So I'm not a certified life coach, but I'm a certified lactation counselor. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But well, that's I, okay. But I am kind of like a life coach. Yeah, I mean, yes. In, I in talk essence. to myself in the mirror every day. It works. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people that might be listening to the show, uh, at least from my side of the family, might know who you are because locally we've always talked about how uh, we went through the process of... Uh, of getting you as our doula for our first uh, daughter, uh, Zenobia. But uh, people outside of that realm would not know who you are. So in general, if you don't mind giving a background story from uh, born, raised, siblings, and from Cali to Texas, all that whole movement. So feel free to freestyle some of that. Background. Oh, man. Okay, so it's, it's an interesting story. I was born in Montebello, California, in East L.A., basically. Um, in 1969, I'm old. I'm a veterano. <laughs> and so... Uh, yeah, I come from Los Angeles. I lived in Los Angeles with my parents, and I had a sister and a half-brother who passed away. It's, every, it, everybody's gone, pretty much. So it's just me. I'm, I'm a, the sole survivor of the familia, right? <laughs> and so uh, I lived in Los Angeles for many years. My background's in biochem, pathophysiology, radiology. Uh, you know, I've, been, I've been in the game of uh, patient care since I was 17 with my first internship. Uh, first time I actually... Uh, was at a birth and attended a birth was when I was 19 for my friend Heather. She had a baby that she was going to give up for adoption. Her father, she had the baby because her father was uh, dying of cancer at the time. And he, he meant a lot to him to see a, a grandchild. So she went on to pursue her career and that child's grown up. I know her now. She reached out to me a few years back and she's a great little human. Well, not little now she's big. She's, you know, in her twenties. But so that kind of kicked it off. But I've always been in patient care, and about, ooh, gosh, when I turned 35, I had my first daughter, and we decided to move to Texas, and I decided to switch gears and go completely babies. So I opened my, my uh, shop, Baby Vision Ultrasound, we're a prenatal imaging center. I started teaching, and teaching dads, and certifying, and you know, doing all sorts of training for things, lactation, childbirth, doula services, all that stuff, and I kind of found my little niche that I'm good at. So I help people have babies, and I help people get through pregnancy and uh, postpartum, the fourth trimester, you know, getting through breastfeeding and, you know, everything they need to get through, seeing their baby, and even helping them hook up with different professionals that will actually help them in their journey. That's awesome, man. So, um, you know, off, off air, I guess, we were having, uh, we, had, we just had lunch, and, <laughs> and we're just having conversations a, a little bit just to kind of uh, warm up to, the, to this conversation, but... The one that I had kind of mentioned to you that I that I wanted to start off with sure. the question was just like that. Obviously, it's very visual for anybody to know that like this industry is uh, you know heavily female, you know, and uh, that was something that I when we first uh, started interac uh, interacting with you was that I did have a pause to be like, oh, that's cool, like he, outside the box, uh, you know, unorthodox style. I, I always liked. Uh, that kind of style on, on any types of fronts. But uh, what was it in, like you said, you went at 35, you went baby, but like, what was it in the, in, have you had pushback from the industry? Uh -huh. Have you, have you, uh, uh, the doula community that is ma ma mainly, you know, women are, uh, are they been accepting and all that? Like, so I guess the, the, the general question is like, how does a, a vato get into this line, you know, of, uh, of, of work. Basically insanity because <laughs> yes, there was tons of pushback and, and, you know, I, it didn't stop me from doing what I wanted to do, which actually turned out to be very successful for me. And, you know, I would see a lot of births, you know, eight to 15 a month at some points. Mm. And, you know, I, I think I'm probably the busiest doula in the city. 
And uh, yes, there was a lot of pushback. Funny things have happened, like like uh, a group of them went ahead and because I wouldn't listen to and conform to what they were telling me I should do with my practice and how I should behave. And I'm like, well, you know, no, you're not my boss. I'm my boss. And so they, they actually filed a white collar criminal case against me in San Antonio saying that I was a fraud and a phony and I didn't go to school and all that. So our government locally had to pay a lot of money out to send people to get my degrees, all my transcripts from two, di two different schools and go to Minneapolis to get my ART verified. I mean, it was just ridiculous. And, and oh, man, we've never, we never mentioned this before. This no, it's just, you know, because so much stuff has happened over the oh, years. That's crazy, like man. silly that things, sucks. like, like I would go to a different uh, city to go do something, Austin or something, and someone would call ahead and tell me you have to watch out for him and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, for what? I mean, mm. you're, you as my patient, what do you have to watch out for, really, right? Yeah. No, I didn't know that it was like that. Yeah. It's dirty, man. It's a little dirty. So, <laughs> and, and, you know, after, you know, my popularity began and, you know, my podcast was pretty strong. My, you know, I was doing a lot of TV stuff and a lot of media. You know, people started wanting to jump on the boat. But I, I, I pretty much work alone with a very few, few amount. The people I work with are actually the physicians and the providers, which is different because a lot of doulas, there's animosity towards doctors. You got to save people from, from, you know, what they want to do to you, C-sections, this and that. But it's not the truth because if you're educated, which is what I do with my patients, obviously. Remember, you went to my dad's class. We did our classes. We consulted a lot. And when you're educated, you know what to look out for. So you know how to actually be an advocate for yourself. And, you know, you got me edging you on and letting you know where we want to go because we talk about this ahead of time. And typically, most doctors are great. But, you know, some doctors are just stuck in, in older ways. And things are different now, the way that we're birthing in the United States and in various areas. So um, midwives at first were a little pushbacky with me until I started speaking at midwifery conferences. And, you know, I've, I've befriended a lot of them. I've spoken on midwifery cruises and, you know, just had a lot of fun with, with other birth professionals. And so it's just, it's a matter about who the people are and what kind of energy and vibe they have. And the people, I feel like people are really in the birth world for the right reason. There's no animosity towards anybody because you're just helping people have babies and start their family yeah. and doing it in a professional way in a very helpful, loving, compassionate way. So, yeah, that's awesome. I, um, so the way that we got introduced uh, was uh, Vanessa had some friends that took your, well, the couple, well, the, the, the Vato took the, the, the dad's class. Yeah. And then they took, I guess, another, like your general class that you had. And, sure. And Vanessa was the one that said, like, let's go check it out. I was like, yeah, I mean, I'll do whatever you want to do. Like, you're the one that's going to pop the little kid out of, like, I'll, you know, I'll go with the, I'll go with your flow. I'm not going to, you know, that's, that's your realm. You know, I, I, I always support it. But like in that room, and in the question that I'm going to ask, I did, you know, I'm observant of how many, how, I guess I remember when I was a kid, I would have not thought of dads being that involved in like, and I just remember like looking around, you know, just being like, a, hey, there's a lot of homies in here, you know, okay, well, that's kind of right. cool, okay, well, good, good. Different walks of life too, right? Yeah, it was all, it, it was, so, but it was just interesting to me. So like, the question I want to ask is like, kind of what do you think like economically like uh, culturally in the last 50 years what has shifted to get the father more involved in the birthing and in the, like even like uh the home activities uh yeah. more involved in that because uh i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing for society i mean i guess there's that's a conversation that we can have um i would tend to think that overall it's probably good but again, you know, I don't know, you know, somebody can say, hey, no, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, so the question is like, you know, what have you seen, you know, in the shift from like, you know, where, where you know, you know, guys are more involved in that in that than before? I think in a sociological aspect of looking into what different periods of time and parenting meant, a lot of times, uh, you know, mom stayed at home and, you know, women were more, you know, barefoot and pregnant is what they used to say, right? They're at home, they're cooking, they go to the market, they shop, they look pretty and do their thing. Well, so the dads weren't really involved and we saw a lot of disconnect between children and their fathers and, you know, they were more the authoritarian, the money money winner, and they come home and do the thing, they go on vacation and stuff, but the, the, the bonds weren't as close during those times you know, historically we see, you know? It was a different type of bond than you'd have with your mother or with your grandparents or, you know, or 
just depending. the bonds might have been there. They were different. Different, but you you got to think of cultures too. So there's okay. there's it's not just we can't just lump it into one thing. There's different cultural aspects too. The way the way uh, the machismo of the Hispanic you know community, the the absence of some other socioeconomic groups. You know, depending on not really matter what color, or whatever. But sometimes in the lower socioeconomic groups, dads aren't really available even in the upper socioeconomic groups. But we see it more in the lower socioeconomic groups. It's one thing we struggle with here in San Antonio right now. You know, is is the absence of, of fathers. Mm. So, uh, but what we did see was moms and dads of the last over the last couple of decades have had to both work because you know, there's houses are ridiculously expensive. You know, food is expensive, especially now we're in this recession. I don't even know what's going on. Man, I bought some some stuff yesterday. I'm like, for real? <laughs> yeah, the prices on it were so so different. But you know, so we have teams working as as a team. You know, moms and dads work as a team. And I ask in dad's class, I say, how many of you guys get the laundry? How many of you guys put laundry in? How many good pick up dry clean? How many of you guys go to the market? Everybody's like, you know, for the most part, because that's just where we're at now. Which makes sense that now fathers want to be more involved, or they feel like it's just naturally where they should progress. And it's a good thing, I think, for for children. Now, I'm not saying because people are saying, oh, we got all these, these kids and from certain age groups that are terrible at working. Believe me, I've had my share of employees that are young that don't want to work really or expect a lot for nothing. It, it's, you know, it's different because we were hustling when I was young. I'm, you know, I'm 53 almost. I'll be 53 shortly. You're, how old are you now? 38. 38. But you know what I mean? You hustled and you still hustle. But does that gap? And you may have noticed it in some of the people you worked with in the past. And it's a trip. So I'm not necessarily saying that's a, the social thing of parents coming up together to work, I think it's the overall culture of excuses and everybody, you know, everybody gets up, gets to win and you don't really have to work for anything and stuff. But that's, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I, um, so when I took your uh, Rocking Dads class, the, the, the main thing that has stuck with me and I'm still in that realm, which is funny because I was telling Vanessa about this, sure. that, um, was the idea of the fourth trimester. And yeah. really, I kind of felt that, uh, I have never really escaped the fourth trimester. I'm still in it. <laughs> that like, you get back to back some babies. But like also the idea of how... So basically you helped me turn it into a, 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 a strategy of life with kids and how to keep the house nice and calmado. Exactly. You know, so that way we can party at night and yeah. have fun. Like it was... Because... Uh, yeah. So, But I had never heard it in that way. So for it to be put in like more like a, you know, I'm a sports guy, right? So like, it was kind of like, I started visualizing like, like a, in a sport. Okay. I got to give, Hail Mary. I, I got to give, well, I got, <laughs> those are the ones that I was praying to make sure that she wasn't getting yeah. out of it. So like, um, you know, yes, like laundry stuff and stuff like, I was like, you know what? She's busy with like, I'll just, I'm already walking over here to get a beer. Why not just uh, take the laundry and help out? So I'll just the dishes. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. Just little like, things yeah. like, yeah. And you would just put it like in, in the context that was like, just do it or you're already just doing it. Just. And then you're racking up points for like some points that you're going to want to cash in later on, you know? So I just started thinking like that. So I had not thought of it in that way, but a lot of people, especially like, yeah, I would say probably like in the Hispanic community, because that's the, that's the community that I, I'm speaking to some in the, obviously, you know, the Libertinos, the way it's, the name has, it's for a reason is that like, um, they don't know that. So what, what, in what way besides like the, uh, word of mouth and obviously, uh, 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 you know, the network of other people saying, hey, go check out or go learn about the fourth trimester and things like that. Yeah. Um, how, because, you know, because you're a little bit Latino, you got a little bit of... Uh, I'm a lot of bit Latino. Where, wait, what did you say? From where? I said it to you. From where? From Spain and Chihuahua. Chihuahua. Uh, Chihuahuense. Uh, Chihuahuense. Chihuahua. So, but, you know, there's going to be pushback. Like in my... Mm-hmm. When, when, I, when, when Vanessa and I started talking to our families sure. about we we're going to have a, a, a doula and this and that, there wasn't pause because I think they respected that we were our own, uh, we, we had our own like sovereignty. Like we didn't ask, like we were so respected in our families that it was yeah. like, you could do whatever you want. So we just normalized the idea of having a doula and that's how culturally kind of things start changing, but it's not for everybody. So I guess I'm asking a lot of questions, but no, I'm about I to like get it. to one, man. It's like, um, do you have a way to filter out any clients that you might know that like, where the where the vato's being dragged in from the wife, but culturally he has a different like. And also, is there a way to change that in general for the culture? Because 
I think it's better, but there would be some people that thinks that it's not. But you know, it doesn't mean that I'm raising my daughters to be fragile or whatever. No. I'm, st I'm still raising them yeah. the way that I would want to raise. But I think my overall relationship with my wife and everything was good because I was because I was taught about the fourth trimester idea. You know, different level of free, intimacy. Freestyle there a little bit there, man. Dude, different style of intimacy. You know, you're, you're getting on a new level with that because. Now what you're showing your partners, you're actually a partner, not just financially, not just, you know, um, you know, as the provider, which was the old paradigm, you're actually providing emotional support. You're providing love for your family. You're providing assistance in the home, you know, and, and I mean, I know you two are a great team, but I do see other vatos coming in and, and they maybe look apprehensive, but once they understand the process and understand what this means for their life and how much of a different really enriched life you can have. Wouldn't you say it's it, 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 the way you're doing it has made you I mean, closer uh, I, with your wife? I think so. I think so. What do you say, right, right, right? I mean, I think so. I, yeah. I, I, for sure, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I think I would have been a good dad, like, because I think that was in me. Yeah. But I might have not been as good as a husband to my wife yes. that then creates this whole energy to be all on the same page. Yeah. Uh, maybe we would have got there, maybe, but... I don't know and I don't want to know because I think right now how how we are is good, you know, so so it worked out. I think it works out well. Well, I think um, I think what's happening a lot now and I could say across all different cultural backgrounds, I see a lot of uh, men just more involved and typically wanting to be more involved, you know, in that aspect because what happens a lot of times with a lot of families and we've seen this throughout the years is that um, the typically the the woman will get resentful towards the act. She feels like she's tantally and all and exhausted and tiring because we know it's it's tiring. It's hard to raise kids. You know, it's not easy. And there's fun times and it's great. But if you're doing it all alone and you feel all alone, your your partner comes home and they, they're just disengaged and you're not really engaging. They're not helping you. You know, there's there's got to be things to work out. Like I tell people, first of all, when you get home, well, we we'll start with the we'll, we'll let's start from the beginning. When you get home with your baby, a lot of times people want to have family members there and everybody to help, and that typically doesn't help because what happens is grandparents want to hold the baby all the time. They also want to switch the routine up. You have to develop your own routine, and they have to adapt to take one of the, one of the participatory people's uh, place in that routine, not to make their own routine and do it their own way because that just throws the babies off. Babies get used to routine, and then so when they leave, that baby's going to be upset, and it, they're going to cry a lot. They're, it's going to break the routine, and it doesn't work out. So first of all, you guys have to be on the same page and, and lay it down the way you want to lay it down. And basically what I tell people is feed the baby. Uh, when, you, when, when you feed the baby, you feed yourselves. When the baby sleeps, you sleep. And after the baby eats, uh, you, know, you, you do hygiene for mom and hygiene for the baby. So you set mom stuff up for her, let her go take care of herself. So she's breastfeeding especially. She's going to be bleeding for a month after she has a baby nonetheless. So if she's, if she's breastfeeding, she's going to be bleeding even more. So you want to set up her pad and everything, get her there, get everything in the bathroom, like a little bath, all that stuff, right? Because that helps her to encourage her to do that. And it also cuts down postpartum depression, right? So then when you do have family members over, you have to really look out on what the energy is. And how that's affecting you, your partner, and the relationship. And you have to have discussions with your family and set boundaries. And a lot of people have a hard time setting boundaries. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then afterwards, past the fourth trimester, you know, you have to keep adapting to what happens with your kids. Kids have different personalities. There are different things going on. You know, you've got to work together. You still have to keep that that pace of helping each other out. Like, even now, my kids are older. You know, my youngest is 12. Um, I come home. Do I do dishes? I cook, you know, this, I do, I do, I do, I still do the same things because I feel like it's just part of, to have a, a, a nice home that's going to work as a real sensitium together. That's what you need. A what? A sensitium. Oh, hey, what the, you hey, know what that hey, is? No, what the, okay, what? It's about synergy. So when oh, you have, okay, when you have what? different things, when you have different like, things. What kind of sushi is that? What the oh, dude, bro, it's like, it's that Sasha <laughs> put on that. No, just kidding. No, a sensitium is when you have like. Different parts that don't really do things very well alone, but when you put them together, they work really well. Okay. It's very symbiotic. It's a okay. symbiotic relationship. And that keeps the whole the whole thing happening yeah. in, in the home a lot easier and a lot nicer. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel that. I remember uh, one of the, the things Care for that, your partner. That's it. Care for your home and yeah, your partner. And I can speak to that because uh, once Zenobia was born and, mm -hmm. and uh, she was in the room, of course, my parents, Vanessa's parents, were in the room, and I knew that... Uh, 
from you know taking the class i knew that uh, how important it was for baby to latch on real early yeah but everybody was doing the normal you know which is not even, it's not even cultural it's everybody's like wants to you know congratulate yeah. and all that and then i remember like you gave me like the awkward like you gotta tell them or i'll tell them but i remember like you reminded <laughs> me like like and i remember being like hey uh hey uh she needs to you know uh latch on i think everybody needs to get out because it needs to get dark and all that stuff so you know i re- i re- I would have not done that. It's I would mammalian have, birth. You have to yeah. think back to mammals in general, yeah. right? No, the other animals don't come up and they, they stay around. They usually protect. Not They don't come to put their, their paws on the, the yeah. babies and this that because that baby has to go to mom. And there's this is something that, like, lately I see so much more is that, in, and I've come to a conclusion, I really haven't read this too much, but I feel like in hospital births, you know, mom's just letting the baby sit on her chest doing skin-to-skin and stuff. And then a nurse will come, you know, with good intention to help her. Oh, let's see, let's get the baby to breastfeed. And they pull the boob and shove the baby on, right? I'm not down with that because they, we have to look back differently. So most, most doulas don't have a bio, biology background and, a, you know, pathophysiology and all that stuff that helps you understand how, you know, naturally things work, right, and why. So babies are programmed primarily to do things. And if you disrupt that primal thing, they're going to not do it because it makes it easier. And babies go with the flow. They like the easy. So if you disrupt them from learning how to latch by themselves, which they will do, you just have to give it the time, that, then they, they tend to latch a lot easier later. And it's easy to correct a problem. If the baby's hurting your nipple, usually the baby's just, just slipping down or you're not holding the baby right or you're, you're touching the baby's head too much. So it's much easier to correct those issues than getting a baby to be able to latch on its own. You know, so once you let them go through those processes of doing their natural primal instincts and their reflexes, they're, they're all built on reflex in the beginning. They're in the autistic phase for a while. Mm. And so you have to kind of let them do their thing and not disrupt that natural pattern. Another pattern. Yeah, and yeah. one of those natural uh, hormones that you're a big fan, and I remember you would talk about it right there. Right there, homie. Right, right there, right here on my arm. <laughs> I'm in, bro. <laughs> I, this is my gang. I roll with, I roll with the storks, too. <laughs> You heard of us, the Southside Storks, <laughs> uh, the North Central yeah. Storks. <laughs> Can you uh, speak to that uh, chemical compound? Because you know, you're, I mean, you got a tattooed on it, but it's a yeah. part of the whole process. You it's know? a part of everything mammalian. Which, once again, I'm gonna use that word because it's funny. Even yesterday, I was reading an article because my dog. Okay, so let me just tell you, my dog Grace, she's awesome, right? So Grace is is like she's so attached to me, and she came with my fiance. Like that was her, her dog and her daughter's dog, right? So, well, my, my daughter, too. But they, they came in the package. And I don't like dogs, typically. That's the truth of the matter. And I love Grace from the get-go. She just, there's something about her. So I was reading, every time I sit down and she runs up to me, she sits on my foot every time, or she'll follow me. Like, if I go to the bathroom, she follows me to the bathroom, make sure I'm good, and then she goes. It's so weird. Like, she, she's really into that. But what happens is dogs do that because then they feel safer and they feel like they kind of own you and they get oxytocin release as well. Mm. And when humans pet dogs, they get oxytocin release. So oxytocin is this shared love hormone that goes through everybody. Oxytocin is super important, but you got to be in the right headspace to receive it and to let your body do it because it's a hormone. And all hormones can either work together or they can work against each other. So if we get catecholamines, which are like stress hormones. Okay. The, 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 you know, not dog, cool. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> catecholamines are stress hormones. And what happens is if, if like oxytocin is running and then you get really stressed, that'll be like, take it back a little bit. It'll tip it back a little bit. Okay. So you're playing this, you know, one step forward, two steps back. You're playing the teeter-totter until you get your head straight. So oxytocin is really important for mom and baby. That's why that skin to skin is so important in the beginning because moms are in love, babies are in love. They're looking at each other. They're familiarizing. They're going through this thing where they're just, you know, coming off that ride. And it happens all the time. That's why babies feel safe. They see, they connect with you with visual, visual, visually, right, with their yeah. eyes. They connect with you by touch. You pick them up, they connect with you, and they feel comfortable. It's the oxytocin that really, really helps that. Do you think, as a, uh, in, in general, as a society, that there isn't, like, during COVID and all that, was there some of that hormone missing in, in, in life with people? And, like, you know? <laughs> no, because everybody's inside boning. Oh, they're <laughs> It, it was a love fest during you know, COVID. You know, Let me just tell like, you. There wasn't. I learned like know, several new positions I didn't think I'd ever know. Yeah. I so, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I never thought of it that like, yeah. you know, because people would say like, oh, we're, uh, we're, we're communal uh, animals, right? We need to yeah. be amongst other people or community. And yeah. I didn't think, I, I, didn't, I didn't know if that was even something. I mean, 
as you get older and you're not in your normal headspace, like as a kid, you could say like, you know, you said, oh, they're autistic from the beginning in general. And I'm guessing you're using like the well, more medical- the autistic phase, not autistic, but they call it the autistic Okay, so, phase. but it, it would mean that they're not in their head because they're not even in their head and that way we, we are as adults. They connect their existence yet. Okay, okay. And they don't, they're not, they're, they're learning that it's more on reflex and then they connect their existence. So as adults, we think we know our existence, right? Right. And so therefore, are we rejecting a lot of that like uh, space and, and uh, like that hormonal space of like, you know, the, that like what you're saying that like from causing us to feel a little bit more uh, connection to other people or am I overthinking that? I, or what, I you know? think for a lot of people, they're finding new ways to connect via Zoom, via, okay. you know, um, connecting new ways with their family who they're, they're actually in the house with, which I found was really, really, really nice. We played a lot of games. We, you know, we did things that we, we don't do on the typical, you know, because we, we would take car rides. And roll down the window, just go cruise around and get out, yeah, and have fun about that with that, you know. And, and it, it, I think it it made people get a little more creative. Some people got a little more anxious, and you know, had other issues because they had family members who were sick. This and that. So you can't you can't lay out all those things. But I think in the core foundation of people who had, uh, you know, were able to just hang out together, I think it was pretty good. How was the doula <laughs> business and interactions with your clients during COVID? Oh my God, my clients, a lot of them loved it more because many people do say they want to have their mom there, they want to have someone there, but they know that there's always that little bit of thing that can cause, you know, a little bit of insecurity or or there can be little little cheese man going on or something, right? So nobody was allowed, just mom and dad and, the, and uh, a birth professional like me or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and so... It, I feel like it really bought, brought moms and dads a little closer to focus on each other without depending oh, on okay. other people or thinking they need anybody. So it gives them more confidence when they got home to their house, you know, and th that, that leads to, you know, a lot of times I suggest to people, I'm like, really, if you don't think the person's going to add anything to it, really, just, just don't have them there. Just have them come afterwards, you know, tell people you're at the hospital when you're pushing. You just got to the hospital so they can come after because you need that time alone. And a lot of times, especially different cultures in the Hispanic culture, those, those abuelas get a little crazy, dude. <laughs> Shit goes down. You know, I had one pounding at a door one time trying to get in. And the mom didn't want the, anybody yeah. in but us because she didn't want to be have that energy. And the mom, I need to talk to my son, you know, stuff like that. And that gets... That can be a little hairy and tricky. The doctor went down and told her, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to physically remove you. Oh, she got crazy <laughs> like that? Yeah. Oh, it was shit. funny. I'll never forget that. But, but you know, so, so you got you to gotta really think about what's best for your family. Because I talk to people about, like, when you start forming your family, it's now about you and your partner. Okay? And this is a really important thing, especially in certain, you know, cultures. Because... You know, the, the grandparents and the family will be so overbearing about, you have to do it this way. Nope, you got to do this. Even with gender reveals, you can't know your gender. We have to know, and then we're going to tell you. And you know what I mean? It's like, it's a little intrusive sometimes for some people, but they feel like they have to submit to it because they've always done that, right? Yeah. So when you're talking about, you know, mom comes from one family, you come from one family, right? And you guys have to talk about the things you want to do in your family and how you want to roll it. And you know you're going to get pushed back from the other side. And even moms might get offended by something or dad might get offended by something. But then they go talk to their family. They go, Can you believe, you know, Carlos doesn't want to do that? Or, and then they get pissed. So you go to the next family function. And they're like, cold shoulder, dude. They, they, you know? The beer's all hot and shit. Dude, they're not even giving you beer, dude. They give you like Perrier or something. They're like, that's all you get. Bro, go make your own run. That's funny. Pitch in five bucks. We'll give you one. You know, that kind of thing, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that causes the problem, then tension between the partner and the family. So there's just all these dynamics that can occur. So you have to learn to keep it between, you know, just you and your partner about those things. You can talk to your friend or whatever, but tell your friend, don't shine on my girl or whatever. But, you know, <laughs> but you want to you wanna be able to, to have that, that, that nuclear thing where you guys have trust. And even if you don't agree, you can shelf it and come back to it. Because guess what? In life, and you know this right now, right? You, you've had... Um, sitting for like four years now yeah and so during that time what you thought you wanted to do before suddenly and you guys were so balls to the wall about it, it's changed right and yeah. it's more because things are living and breathing and so this teaches you that at the immediate time you might feel there's urgency there's really not you know you're just gonna work through it yeah yeah no i hear you and hey what's up everyone please visit our sponsor palomaverdecbd.com it is a small business that my wife vanessa and i have been running for several years now. Uh, besides growing at a at its own pace, um, 
We have also been growing our uh, product line. Uh, in the last several months, we've gotten uh, bath bombs, massage oils, uh, different things like that. And recently, uh, brand new, we just got some uh, THCV gummies uh, that are 10 milligrams. Uh, they're legal. Um, they're still derived from hemp. But uh, these have some uh, unique characteristics that uh, are especially uh, good for anybody that's uh, an intermittent faster uh, that does some of that fasting. Um, I've been doing fasting like that for two or three years now. Uh, but, uh, you know, just like anything uh, at night, when you start getting some of those uh, hunger pains, you uh, tend to snack a little bit. Um, you know, what do you do? Nobody's perfect. but. Uh, these, uh, so we, 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 we sampled these out for the last month. And what it is, uh, what I feel is that um, when I take them, so basically I eat once a day, big lunch, tacos, fajitas, whatever. Today I ate some chicken tostadas, guacamole, you know, you know it was good. But uh, around this time, um, I started feeling a little bit of uh, some of that hunger. So I'll eat one of these. And it kind of helps me focus on not wanting to eat. So they call these, uh, they kind of have like a, a, a dietary, kind of a diet aspect to them and also like a focus aspect to them. So um, if that's your thing, uh, if you uh, want to try these out, for sure, uh, visit Paloma Verde CBD. Of course, uh, you can get all of your other CBD products there. And uh, use the promo code Chingasos, C-H-I-N-G-A-S-O-S for 20% off anything in the store. Uh, once again, palomaverdecbd.com. Peace. Okay, so the family network uh, in our culture is very important because, uh, you know, we decided to live real close to our family, our in uh, my in-laws, my parents, uh, sisters, brothers, you know, we're all, uh, it's a close network. But when you have a close network like that, sometimes uh, there could be positive uh, tensions, negative tensions. Yeah. And um, I guess my question is like, because I had brought it up to the beginning when we we're talking about the uh, the, import the the shift of how fathers have started to play a bigger role in the birthing and in yeah. the home duties was like uh, the family, the shift. Are we doing good by our kids in raising them? You know, because some people would say. We're creating kids or, 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 or raising kids to be a little bit weaker, be a little bit uh, more fragile. Um, I think it has to do more with the upbringing of the parents. But in general, I tend to think that, you know, a little bit from what I see, uh, social media or, or technology has played a big role. I mean, there's a lot of factors oh, about social but, media. Don't but can you speak to, uh, you know, you're a father of, uh, of two girls. I got two girls that are going to be, uh, you know, they're younger, obviously, than your girls, but like they're going to be being raised in this uh, new society, this new technology-based society. So uh, I don't know, I guess speak to a little bit of like what you've seen and what you think the future is going to be and what are some protections or some different ways that you can play it differently. Uh, you know, it's, it's an open-ended question to a lot of uh, little fronts like that. First of all, I come to your family barbecue sometimes, so I'm going to say your parents did an amazing job, great job with this guy. <laughs> no, but but all joking aside, okay, so this is a really loaded question because, yes, I have two daughters. I also have two stepdaughters, and the difference between my daughters and my stepdaughters are completely 108, like 180 degrees because of the way they were raised, the family style, you know, um, different, you know, privileges or non-privileges. You know, where like my 22-year-old stepdaughter, she she works hard and she she went out and got a job. She wants to live on her own. She wanted to buy her own car. She wanted to do that. And she's done it. She lives in a whole different state. She lives in Utah. Yeah. You know, whereas you know my kids get a little more hampered by uh, certain people in the family. But what I see is this is what I see in society. I see that in society, um, kids are raised differently. They're not as go-getter-y in my opinion they don't they don't have the hustle as much especially now you know as a 52 year old man can be 53 soon and also you know i've worked for myself for many years i hustled when i was younger my friends hustled when we were younger you know everybody i knew was on the hustle for the most part and then 
lately I see like the kids that I hire, they really don't work hard. They don't put effort into it, much effort. And like when, when it work is over, it's done. If there's something extra to be done or say another patient's gonna come in, they won't go the extra effort to, to do anything because that's not what they signed up for. That is not their agreement. It's that there's just no, like, I feel there's a lack of, of drive for a lot of kids, not every kid, but for a majority of, of people, and this is this is what I hear all over the place, especially now post pandemic. See, we can't even fill fill uh, positions at most jobs now. You see that, right? Like yeah. you go to Chick Fil A some days, they can't even have you inside because they don't have enough. Yeah, employees. most advertising at businesses is how much they're paying workers yes. or hiring now. You know, right? Yes, you know. and it's they're paying a lot more, and they still can't get people in there to work. People don't want to work. You know, but I think um, there's a lot of confusion in schools right now for younger kids because there's they're they're talking about things that we we used to go outside and play. We 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 find our, our you know things to mess around with. We play in the dirt. We go swimming. We'd ride our bikes. You know, play some football with our homies, right? Yeah. But it, it, I don't see that a lot anymore. There's not you don't see that as much because kids are on their phone constantly, instant gratification on their phone constantly. And I think there's there's less play. You know, we loved it when during the snow bed, when we had the snow here, we thought it was great because there was no connection on phones. We lost the cell, we lost, guess what we were doing? We didn't have TV, we were by the fireplace, we were reading, we were playing games, we were engaging and having fun and laughing a lot. And the feeling was different because there wasn't that. Isn't that crazy, right? It's yeah, so weird. Even uh, Sunny, she'll say, when is the power gonna go out again? You know, she'll say stuff like that. Yeah. And sometimes we'll be like, whoa, I can make that happen. You want to pretend, just, you know? Just, yeah. We <laughs> go a little house on the prairie she, right here. Dude, we'll start churning butter. She's mentioned that because we had a, we have, we're blessed enough to have a little fireplace in our, yeah. in our bedroom. And that's where our little space was. And she still remembers yes. that. Um, yeah. And then off air, we, we, you know, when we were first like, you know, hanging out, like sure. we said earlier, you had brought up the term uh, 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 like mixed messages and how, how, how our kids are getting too much of that. And I wonder do if, you, if do you if, believe that though? I'm going to ask you. What do you think about that? Well, it's uh, my show, so I, I know, have but to I'm gonna ask I'm, you. <laughs> uh, I think it depends where they're getting them from. So, as an adult, you're able to filter out the messages that your kid gets. So, if, so, 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 I would just say that I'm an advocate for really being uh, in. If you care about the messages that your kids are getting, you have to, and really. Uh, education and school is probably the one that they're going to get the most from. So, I'm, you know, I, I, I plan on homeschooling our, our daughters. Yeah. You know, what well, well, sure, of course. You know, but, but that would be the main one to kind of just keep an eye on TV. But yes, there is a lot of mi mixed messages, and like, and, and also Maybe like not age appropriate mixed messages. Yeah, yeah. Because also, know? so when you were talking about uh, the the lack of like the drive of kids, it's all you know, you're almost speaking to like the work ethic, right? But the work ethic. If they're getting so much mixed messages, they're not getting the one that says you need to be a good, you know, worker, good this, because uh, I don't know, man. I don't know why not. I don't know. I mean, to me, it's kind of weird. Culturally, okay. it's kind of, look, let me just say, yeah. okay. so culturally, it's weird, man. And, and this is going to sound bad, but like the homies or from my, my father's generation, whatever, the guy could have been a drunkard or whatever, wife, beat, whatever. Oh, pero trabaja, trabaja duro. You know, hey. yeah, you know, hey, he works hard, so you look the other so way on something. Okay. <laughs> you know, but the work ethic was what was at the center of somebody's real character. To, yes. That's shifted. Some of that obviously is still there. Like if, you know, I wouldn't, uh, you know, dismiss violence, like for like, how good they work. Yeah, yeah. But like that was part of like, so the work ethic was broke. But yeah, if you're getting so many mixed messages from all kinds of stuff. You don't even get that one message of how to. So yeah, I don't. Know, I guess I'm agreeing with you, but I'm also just bringing up that term that you had said off here about uh, the mixed messages. And yeah, that's right. Like I, I just when you said that, I started visualizing seeing. So it's so much. There's so much. It's so like, much. We can talk mixed messages forever. We can talk about okay. So for instance, when I was a kid, and we played sports, I played sports. You either won or you didn't. You know, and I swam. I either got a medal for getting first place, or I didn't get anything if I got fourth place, right, or tenth place, yeah. or whatever. Right. Well, everybody gets a medal in things these days, especially with little kids, which sets up, you know, problems. But you could still be a wit. You could still you did good. You did your best. That's awesome. Let's try for the next time. But, you know, I'm not saying don't give it to them, but I'm saying that's a little confusing because when they get, get in the real world, no one's going to give you a medal. 
You know, no one's going to give you a bonus if you're not earning a bonus, right? You, you know this from the working world. Well, you, I, you have employees. Yeah. So say you had an employee that was really killing it on, on, you know, you do construction stuff, say drywalling or something, right? And then the other guy gets one wall up. This guy's got 10. Who's going to get the bonus? Yeah. Do you give them both a bonus? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, no. I, I hear you. And I wonder, <laughs> like, so then this has been a topic of political conversations, right? Like the, tro you know, hey, we've been giving everybody trophies. But I had never really sat down and thought about it. But yeah, I guess. What does it translate to in, in your adult world? In, in real you life. you feel like, now I'm being persecuted because I'm not getting a bonus. And he got a bonus. Why is he getting a raise bigger than me when, you know, big deal. And I, I, don't, I couldn't come in at 830 because I didn't feel emotionally okay and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's just not how the real world works. Yeah. Because the, the, the clock has to keep turning. If you, you're not okay, you call in. So there's a backup to fill your job that day or whatever. Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, a lot of people and I, I know this, I know a lot of people in human resources and say, oh, my gosh, we had to write this person up. And now they're trying to say it's they, 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 that we're hurting them emotionally because there's all this like everybody plays on this. Like there's an emotional card. There's it's abusive or it's, you know, now um, I, I feel alienated or, you know, I don't know. I mean, I feel like like the, those are easier to throw around, but not just to, to feel that way. But now to implicate on like an employer or a school or on whatever, you know, whatever you're involved with, you know, there's all these people are just against each other all the time right now, it feels so, like. So what do you think? But that's, that comes from childhood raising. I and believe. what do you think? Okay, so then that goes back to what I was saying. Like, mixed messages. Is, but also is, like I was, that's what I was trying to say a little bit that's earlier. Like, I'm not trying to be mean or anything. I'm just, just I mean. No, you know, no, but that, this was works. kind of to the essence of, the, of my original question about the fathers being more part of the birthing and home duties. Is, yes. is, is that a mixed message in itself? No. Or not? You know, no, I don't you know, believe I, I, that. I, okay. I, believe, I believe the fathers, you know, you can be as strong as you want with your girls. If they're going to school, let's just say, let's start from school age, right? You can be as strong as you want with your daughters. You have cultural beliefs, right? But then they go to school and they hear it a different way and then they believe it because that's what they're being told by their teacher and this and that, and but it's cool it doesn't sit right with friends. you, right? And then they're, now they, they're kind of rubbing the grain on your, your household culture you know it just depends on what you're talking about i think kids are introduced to a lot of things too early right now when they should just be being kids they should be learning how to do math play well with each other treat each other nicely but be, everybody is so separated right now it trickles down to the kids because they learn that from their parents and right now in our society you can't lie to me about this we see it one side hates each other and it's their way or the highway the other side hates each other the other one or it's their way the highway and their kids are, are getting that kind of rhetoric as well so what happens is there's no middle ground and so that it starts separating kids there's there i read today there's a higher suicide rate in children than there's ever been right now and right now it's supposed to be the time children are, are doing better because they're learning all about you know uh um other types of history and and you know how we should be giving reparations and you know two dads two moms whatever you know what i mean they're hearing all these other things and i feel like it just it's a lot for kids and i feel it puts a lot of pressure on because then they feel if their parents don't agree with what they say that then they're stuck in a hard place with like in a, a little uh, a bind between between their teachers and the people that are educating them and you know their parents or you know the parents and then maybe the grandparents feel differently and they're getting all these different ways and all these different things situations they shouldn't even be thinking about right now they should be thinking about you know playing getting dirty yeah. having fun with their friends and, and learning to be nice people. And it's, I think, right now, this time, time and day and age, people want to be very nice to each other. That's all I can say. That's unfortunate. Yeah. And I don't sit on any political side at all right now. And like, I'm just like, whoa, to everything. But to me, I just, so, so you, you know, the great reset, the great all this stuff, right? I think there should be a greater reset that should start from inside you and inside other people to influence their kids to just not worry about things like that and just be nice to people and accept people and be kind to people. That's it. But instead, it's got to be one way or the highway. Like, you know what I mean? Everybody's so, God, polarized. It's sad. Yeah, it's unfortunate because... I see uh, it with my friends, too. I just stay out of it. Because I'm like, wow, there's arguments on Facebook and people, oh, I'm not going to talk to that person. Go, You've known that person long. I know that person 30 years. You don't want to talk to them over a little argument because you don't agree about something? Yeah, it's crazy, right? Right? People do that. Well, that's not my Look, style. It gives me chills because it's sad. It's not, my, it's not my style, but yeah, that it's is... It's just sad. It, 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 it just, yeah, it sucks and... Uh, it's, it's definitely, but to some people, it would feel that it's by design. I feel social media has designed it because they're just ads that are crazy that come up and little videos that come up that seem so contrived that are just supposed to be fun, but they actually have a underlying so messages. Isolate the, the product because the, the, the product is 
because the way the social media is selling ads to the to the uh, to the companies, right? Yeah. And then so they're isolating individuals to be individual so they can target the ad specifically. So it's part of yes. their design and it to keep you as just one. It fuels and propagates that fuel because you know not everybody's going to see that thing. They're going to yeah, like see TV's a general a TV yes. is a general ad. But the, the most effective Depending ads on what are just you the watch one, now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I watch every news channel because I don't believe Fox. I don't believe CNN. I don't believe MSNBC. I don't believe NBC. Everybody's just like, it, there's some that mix the messages. You get a little bit of both, you know, or they sit and like, I don't know what's real anymore. And it, it, I feel like they're designed to really separate people right now at this point. And, and I think both sides are guilty. Sorry. I mean, don't hate me guys, but I'm just saying it. I don't sit on either side and. I think both sides are playing some games. So you had mentioned the uh, the great great reset or the new reset about being uh, kind better. of about kind of uh, almost being on the front foot for yourself and your family, yes, your close not on ones, the defensive. and and not and but um, uh, be it, offensive with kindness. So so and nice words. so you can only control your own network. Uh, yes. the, the, but so what you're saying is also like if you can do that, then that can uh, motivate or show other sides because. The thing is that when people try to do it as big general policies or polit, you know, it rubs one side the yes. wrong way, and then it becomes so. With, I mean, I like the idea of like the great or like a new reset in your own life because I've been trying to do that too. Where I used to be yeah. more political in the sense of like trying to post stuff and be, but I was like, for what? Like it doesn't it's even matter. Both sides. Both. I've been on. I've seen <laughs> it. You know, in the last ten years, 12, fifteen years since I've been involved, like in politics, like since like oh seven, really. It doesn't, there's a trajectory and it's going on. Sometimes it goes faster, sometimes it goes slower. But really, I have no control over that. I can really only control what I have, my life and my family and all that. So I don't know, can you speak a little bit to what you were kind of talking about, the great reset in that yourself and maybe give some examples of what you've been doing in your life to kind of, okay. because, you know, to say it is one thing, but you got to live it too, right? I'm I mean, living for sure. it. And so it's funny because I have some friends that go either really, really, really right or really, really, really left. And they'll say something and I won't get out it on Facebook. I'll call them and I'll go, okay, but you're not looking at this side, you know, like um, mental health awareness or, you know, other things that are going on or like with guns. I'm like, I, I don't think we should have automatic weapons you know available to people the sad thing is if someone wants one they're still gonna be able to get it sure. i can go i can go down but five miles probably within a five mile radius i would be able to buy a gun sure. on the street if i wanted to right sure. now with unmarked with a extended uh you know what do you call them i don't yeah. even know what they're called the thing you put in or, yeah right so so i can go get that i can get a ghost gun yeah. you know and, and you know it's so there's we're missing the bigger problem here as to why that's happening and, and why we're not catching the signs earlier. What, what are we missing here exactly, you know? And it's and people go, oh, it's fueled by Trump or it's fueled by this person. I'm like, Trump's not even in office right now. Nobody's, everybody's just in a crazy state right now because everybody's so divided, I think. And that's, which, which the, once again, back to the childhood suicide being up, to me, I look at it like, you know, that's an indication that there's something really going wrong in our society. Yeah. you know, right now. It's There's a, something a, that we're, we're failing. Like, our, our our politicians are failing us. All sides are, you know, everybody's failing us. And and people, you know, okay, gosh, all these all the rights, all the damages, violence, this and that. And then we look at, at the Capitol riot. Violence is the same thing. There's nothing really that different. Because, you know, government buildings were being burnt. A government building was accessed with our Congress people. Yes, it was every, it's just crazy right now. Like, yeah. everybody's just hating each other. Yeah. And to me, that's very sad because it's a different world than I was used to. Yeah. So uh, to kind of uh, get close to the ending of the conversation here since... Uh, we it's were, never ending. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, to speak on that uh, about the division part of it, uh, kind of, can you kind of put a positive light on how, in, how you can scale up uh, a relationship of a new family and how maybe a part of the reset you're talking about starts first at the family level but also how we can scale that up to society but i guess like what i'm trying to say is uh in a way that isn't divisive where yeah like it's just uh where it should where i guess being kind is something as normal as just breathing like just accept just, your friends just, and your and other people you don't even know just accept them if they have other thoughts and other ideas big deal they have other thoughts and other ideas go to the polls and vote 
that's what you can do. You don't have to fight with them. You know, you don't have to, to set all this ugliness that's going on. Just go vote. You know, and, and there's your shot. That's democracy. It either goes one way or the other, and you accept it because we live in a, a democracy, you know, a democracy of a society, or at least we think we do, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we got to go back back to everybody is trying to force people into it. And like, I had, a, I have a friend. If I don't agree with her, God, you're like an idiot. And I'm like, dude, I have more education than you and a higher IQ. So I'm just trying to talk to you about it because I think what you're saying is ridiculous. Yeah. And over yeah. the top. Because, and a lot of times I see, like with my friends, I think the ones that go the craziest, I, this is the funniest part about it. They're really gung-ho and they seem like they're all over here. But if something comes close to something that they don't like because of their family or a member of their family or something like that, all of a sudden they're against that. So they're not even sitting in that realm anymore. Everybody is picking and choosing to be nasty, where we can just be nice to each other, just be nice. Yeah, I think that's a good way to... Uh, just accept people. That's a good way to uh, end the show. Yeah, man, so uh, thank you, Brian, for coming on. Uh, please... Uh, Hopefully uh, we didn't get too political, because no, I'm going to try no. to get political. I'm just talking about people no, and society. No, no, I think it's all good, man. I Can you please uh, uh, let people know where they can uh, reach you, and also talk about... Uh, a future, I'm going to give you my OnlyFans. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have an OnlyFans. And uh, also some of your future endeavors that you're going to be getting into. Yeah. I know you get into some stuff. So yeah, feel free to... See where people can reach you at. So I have online. I've got my dad's course. It's $99. Uh, it is called, it's at rockingdads.com. Right now, I'm going to give you guys a coupon code. So it'll only cost you $20. And that, that coupon code is $20. T, two, not T, $20. And so instead, when you go to pay, um, put the coupon code in first. It'll take off $80 for you guys for that dad's class. The other thing you do is my book is available on Audible. It's available in German right now. It's available in English, and uh, you can get it any, at any bookstore, um, typically, or they can order it for you. You can just get it on Amazon. I know Target Online has it, Walmart Online. You can find it pretty much anywhere. And you can get information on that. You can watch my book trailer, which is really cool. It's on www.birthguidebook, birthguidebook.com. Okay, just birthguidebook.com. And then um, my, my website is, is thebirthguide.com. And uh, let's see. So I do prenatal imaging at Baby Vision Ultrasound here in San Antonio. And, and I'm in the office here and there. And I enjoy, I enjoy seeing patients a lot. Um, and I'm opening a new company called SAIV Clinics. And we're going to be here in San Antonio. We're going to be doing IV infusion. We're going to be doing a little bit differently because we're actually going to work with physicians that are, have patients with um, certain types of issues that we can actually consult with their physician and work as a team in a really nice collaborative relationship to help get their patient healthier. We're not going to sell anybody anything that they don't need. We're not even going to try and sell you anything. We're going to ask you what you want, what are your ailments, and we're going to give you suggestions so you can figure out what you want and try and develop a really good relationship in our community to help people feel better. Yeah, and I think he also mentioned that uh, if you uh, do a little bit of that too much, you know, come in and they'll reverse your borracho and it's pretty good either, you know. If you're hungover, we can help you. And, and it, you know, we're actually on Sundays, we're going to do a complimentary bowl of menudo with that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's perfect, man. So thank you for coming on, man. Dude, and, it's uh, always my you know, favorite we're always to be around you. I love you. Right. Peace you're out, guys. Guy. Better, man. Peace. Keep watching him.